Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in to Husky Talk. I am Alyssa Teo. And I'm Addie Lundell. Today we are here with an Iditarod veteran and Iditarod race judge. We would like to welcome Karen Ramstead to the show. Hi Karen. Hi there. Welcome to the show and thank you for being with us. Oh, not a problem. Happy to do it. Our first segment of the show is titled, titled, Who Inspires You? During this segment, we would like for you to tell us a little bit about who inspired you to get involved in the Iditarod. Uh, Libby Riddle got me inspired to run the Iditarod. I read her book, Race Across Alaska, um, about her winning the Iditarod in 1985. And uh, that was shortly after I bought my first Siberian Husky. And then I decided after that, that was something I wanted to do with my dogs. Thanks for sharing with us. We are going to move on to our Q&A segment. Can you tell us where you're from? I'm from Perryvale, Alberta, Canada. Any clue where that is? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, if you look at a map of the province of Alberta, which is right above Montana, we're almost smack dab in the middle of that. Just to give the listeners a little background, you are retired from racing, correct? Well, sort of, yes. I'm retired from my Iditarod. I don't know that I'm retired from all dog racing. I still have a small kennel of about 20 Siberian Huskies, and I'd like to do a little bit of racing with them. The weather hasn't cooperated the last couple of years, but I'd say I'm retired from big races, but I'm not entirely retired from the sport. You still race, train, and run sled dogs. Tell us more about this. Yeah. Um, for about 25 years, it was my life and all I did every day kind of thing. So uh, it's a little hard to walk away from it and not do a little bit of it at least now. Uh, so that's kind of my keeping my foot in the water just a little bit. When did you start racing sled dogs? I started running sled dogs in probably about uh, 1990, and then I ran my first races in 1994, ran my first Iditarod in 2000. Can you tell us how you got into being a race judge for the Iditarod? Well, that kind of goes back to the fact that it's a hard sport to walk away from when you've been involved in it for so many years. Um, you'd like you'd like to give back and and keep involved somehow. So being a race judge was a way to be out on the trail and see a lot of the people that have been friends for a lot of years and give something back to the race for all the great things it's given me in my life. So our listeners can understand a little more. What exactly is the job of a race judge? Well, the Iditarod has rules, like like any sporting event does. There's rules to be kept, and a race judge uh, is maintained with uh, making sure those rules are followed and that everybody's playing by the same set of rules. And a little bit different on Iditarod because the checkpoints are so remote and the race is so spread out. Race judges are also kind of responsible for making sure that each checkpoint is running well and that everything's organized and we oversee everything that goes on in a checkpoint as well. How is it determined which checkpoints you are sent out to as a judge? You know, I couldn't answer that question for you. <laughs> I um, I kind of just ahead of time, I'm, I've always been very very um, uh, comfortable going wherever the race marshal, who's the head judge, 
um, thinks he needs me. And I think sometimes it's a matter of just we all have to move along the trail as the race happens. So sometimes it's, it depends on if the checkpoint you were in first gets all finished up and all the mushers get out of it, then you move up and where the race needs you at the next time. Do you find it difficult being a race judge when you have raced the Iditarod with many of the mushers still racing? Um, I, you know what, I think it helps me be a better race judge because I know most of the mushers and they know me and they know I understand what they're going through and that, you know, I'm sympathetic to the fact that they're cold and tired and all the problems they have out on the trail. Sometimes it's hard on a really nice day to watch the teams leave the checkpoint and you wish you were hooking up your dogs and leaving with them. And then on nights when it's like storming and minus 40 or something, it's really nice to turn around and walk back into the checkpoint and uh, and not have to go out into those storms. Um, what is the biggest challenge you face as a race judge? Um, I think just trying to make sure that everything uh, comes across fair and that you're you're maintaining the same set of standards for everybody that's in the race there. Um, but I don't. Uh, I don't think there's any particular, I guess the sleep deprivation, much like the race, you tend to want to stay, I do at least, want to stay up and make sure that everything's running smoothly and make sure the mushrooms are all doing okay, so I tend to not get a lot of sleep when I'm a race judge. When you raced the Iditarod, what were some of the toughest challenges you faced? Mm, there was a lot, and, and I think a lot about the Iditarod is sometimes the the some of the really best moments of your life are followed right by some of the really worst moments of your life. And it's those big swings from positive to negative and back again that, that make it more difficult. But in uh, 2007, one of my lead dog, Snickers, died on the Iditarod. And that was for sure, that was one of the toughest days of my entire life. So that was a pretty tough and memorable uh, experience. What are some of your favorite memories you have of racing the Iditarod? You know, I don't have any one memory that I can think back. Everybody always thinks they'll say, oh, the first time I finished or something like that, but that's not the truth. When, when I think about the Iditarod, I guess it's just kind of like a collage of different memories and moments and dogs and people and places and it's kind of like all that comes back so it's not any one moment or any 10 moments or any 20 moments it's just you know I ran 11 I did a rods and that's just a whole bunch of really special memories blended into one thing that I think of when I think about I did a rod. What is your favorite checkpoint along the trail and why? I've had lots of favorite checkpoints over the years. Um, I think Tocotna is a pretty cool checkpoint. Um, I really like Koyak as well. Um, I don't know. I have so many good experiences in every checkpoint that I don't know that I can pick any one particular one for different reasons, um, different checkpoints. Some of them are re just really nice, like the checkpoint of Iditarod or Cripple. Those are really long, hard runs into that checkpoint. So when you get to them, it's so great to be there that you love the checkpoint. But then a lot of the villages are so very welcoming and just really cool places to hang out and be, and there's a lot of great people in them. 
so those experiences are really good too. So every checkpoint has something I like about it. How did your family members get involved with your racing? Um, well, just my husband. It's just my husband and I. And he used to be very involved. He'd help me train and, and uh, work with the dogs. And then he'd always be up in Alaska with me and fly up to Nome for the finish. Um, and in the last few years, his, he's not quite as interested in the race as he used to be. Um, but he's still very supportive and allows me the time to do whatever racing I want to do. With all the years you have had sled dogs, have you had a certain dog that has made an impact on your life? Oh, well, I think there's, there's numerous ones that have made impacts for uh, numerous reasons. And I think, there, but there's a handful that were truly special. Snickers, the leader that, I, that died on the Iditarod, um, she obviously, for many reasons, is, will always, always be very close to my heart. Uh, her dad, Grover, was probably the best lead dog I've ever owned, and he was a very special dog to me. And I had a little leader named Kara, who was also my house dog and my my BFF for many years. We did a lot of stuff together, and and she would finish running a training run, and she'd bop up and come into the house and hang out on the on her little dog bed in the house. So she was a pretty cool little dog. I uh, really was fond of her. Our final segment of the show we like to call Musher Mount Rushmore. You know Mount Rushmore, right? I do. If you were asked to change the faces of Mount Rushmore to ones that have made a huge impact on the Iditarod, who would you include? You can pick mushers, dogs, volunteers, whatever you want. Okay, well, I'd have to say, of course, Joe Reddington, because Joe is the father of the Iditarod, and I was lucky enough to meet him on the trail a couple times before he died, so that was a pretty cool thing. Um, I'd also say Susan Butcher because Susan Butcher, first of all, established women as, as uh, being true competitors in the sport. Um, and she also, I think, really advanced the dog care in the race. Um, she was great with her dogs and, and was very proactive in their care. And I think that kind of stepped up the, the level of, of veterinary care that we offered to the dogs. And then I'd say Rick Swenson, who is the race's only five-time champion. I've met and raced with Rick many, many times. And I think Rick is one of the best mushers I've ever met. He's a really true dog man. And then as a fourth, I think I would just pick a husky dog. I mean, not one because there's so many dogs that have contributed so much to that trail, to me personally and to the sport, that I don't think... I could pick one dog and say that dog was the most important. I have a tattoo on my shoulder of um, a Siberian Husky head. And when I designed the tattoo, I made sure that it didn't look too much like any one dog in my kennel um, because I wanted it to represent all of the dogs that have been part of my life. So I guess I feel that way about the, the husky head I'd put on Mount Rushmore. I wouldn't want it to be any particular one. I'd want it to be representative of all the amazing dogs uh, that have traveled that trail. Do you have anything you would like to add? No, I think you guys, those were great questions. Thank you very much. It was, that was a good little trip down memory lane. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on our show, Karen. It was great talking to you. It was wonderful. Thank you very much, ladies.
Special thanks to Karen Ramstead for joining us on Husky Talk. Special thanks to Hobo Jim for our theme song by Dick Rajkowski.